I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Canto Fight Dispatch. Today, I'm Brittany, and joining me today, as always, is my friend, Emily Lilland. Hi, Emily. Hi, Brittany. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Eh. Fine. Same shit, different day. You're in the middle of finals, right? Yep. Kill me. Right now. Get the baseball bat. Just, no. But, uh, yeah. I have one more final tomorrow, and then it's all over until May 22nd, when my other online class starts. <laughs> okay, so you have a little bit of time. I know, I have time to relax. Um, time to start planning, because I have a lot to do the the fourth week of May, like that like 20th through 20 or god like the 20th through the 30th like i'm like jam-packed with lots of fun shit to do so i'm like in the middle of planning all that right now too so that's been kind of fun kind of wild so but uh how are you doing how's your week oh it's been okay nothing remarkable Hmm. did you have a good uh may the 4th uh yeah i mean let's see i and I didn't really do anything Star Warsy, although I did buy the um, the Black Series of Rebels, like the the Lando pin they did. Oh, nice! And I got the Funko Shop exclusive Ewok on a speeder bike pop. Hell yeah! Because I happened to be online, like I was, I didn't even know that they were making it, because I don't pay attention to those things. But I happened to see a tweet being like, hey, this exclusive is going on sale in like five minutes. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll get that. And I'm glad that I did because it sold out in like 10 minutes. So hmm, that's good. And thing. I do like the Ewoks. Yeah, they're pretty cute. I met some of them the other night. Oh, yeah, you had a much more exciting May the 4th. Yes, I did. I uh, went to Disneyland for their uh, very first Disney After Dark um, event, and it was Star Wars themed. So we were in the park from 9 to 1 in the morning, technically 1230, because Rusty and I were done. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, they had a lot of Star Wars uh, shit. I mean, you got to take pictures. There was like, I, I don't have the pamphlet with me, but there was like a bunch of opportunities where you could take a picture like you're on Jakku. You could find Rey. You could take pictures with Darth Maul, Seventh Sister, Ezra, and Sabine. No, no, it was Ezra and Ahsoka. 
which I thought was interesting. But we never went over there because the lines were so busy to take pictures of people. Like we were lucky to get in the line for the Ewoks like as soon as like it hit nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those overcrowded events. And like I know what Disney's capable of doing for those events. So I was pretty like I went into it with no expectations. And then I left with the, you know, same like, yeah. I mean, I definitely won't do it next time, but it was so cool. I got, like, a cool little solo poster, too. Oh, neat. But um, another interesting thing was that they had this uh, panel. They had, like, pan- they had this, like, this Galaxy's Edge panel. They had it, like, one was at, like, 10 o'clock. One was at 10.30. And then one of them was at 11.30. Where Rusty and I went to the 11.30 one. And... So you get there, and then they hand you these plastic bags, and they're like, oh, put your phones in here. And I'm like, oh, so they're going to show us some shit. And they didn't. Um, here, let me get my notes up for that. Um, basically, they showed us information about Galaxy's Edge that either we knew because of our uh, fantastic sources or just because, you know, from... Um, when I went to Disney World a couple months ago and a lovely employee was giving me the the dirt. So um, basically they announced that there's going to be two like big attractions. One of them is the Falcon Experience. The other one is like the Resistance versus the First Order ride. And that was the first time I believe that they actually announced that. Like they showed just a picture of it looked like you were inside of a, um, a Star Destroyer or something. And uh, they didn't really do to like explain too much about it. It was just like, um, you know, they were like, okay, well, we'll release more information soon. So we're like, okay. And then they showed us just like a little clip of uh, the Galaxy's Edge, con- Galaxy's Edge construction. Wow, I'll say that 20 times. Um, they have like all this steel done um, for the interior shops and buildings and everything. And then they have more structures. Some of them were like painted. Um, and then uh, some Imagineers are talking about the Falcon. Like, they brought, like, Doug Chang in to, like, perfect the Falcon. Like. Oh, that's really cool. They're, like, they're showing pictures of, like, Doug just, like, with, like, a replica Falcon and just kind of, like, um, just directing. But, yeah, like, they are making it, like, that you could actually be inside the Falcon. Like, you're going to go on this experience and it's going to be, like, you are inside, like, you're going to go in the cockpit. And then, like, this Falcon ride, like, you control everything. Like, you control where the fuck you go. Like, if you want to, like, go to the Outer Rim, you go to the fucking Outer Rim. Like, ILM is um, creating planets so that when you go on this experience, like, you are actually, like, somewhere. It's not just, like, you're going back to Jakku 17 times. Like, they're creating just these random planets and, like, random events that could happen if you like turn a wrong way or turn like left or right like it's really interesting all right so it's definitely one you'd want to go on like multiple times yeah probably but that's the thing is that this is going to be huge like they were you know because there were four imagineers up there i forgot their all, all their names but um you know they're talking about you know the goal of like walt disney was to you know have you step into these different worlds and that's what galaxy's edge is incorporating that they want you to feel like you're in star wars so they're taking this like really serious like they were just you know just pouring their heart out to say you know we're putting so much love and attention to this project like it's gonna be really serious like this is the biggest expansion that we've ever done like 
this is going to be incredible. And then plus, like, they had, like, Ron Howard and Amelia Clark on the screen and be like, I'm so excited for Solo. And I'm so excited for Galaxy's Edge. And it was just like, okay, that's nice. Thank you. But, yeah, man. Uh, Galaxy's Edge is really stepping it up. I mean, I knew what they were capable of doing. But, damn, like, getting Doug Chang in and re replicating the Falcon and just everything else. Like, that's impressive. Yeah. It sounds like they've really, I mean, I mean, obviously, like, this, they're sinking a lot of money into this thing. It's a big deal. But it's good to know they're, like, concentrating on getting all the details right. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I'm, I'm always sort of curious about, like, this, like, I wonder how, it, like, how many people can get through this ride in, like, a set amount of time. I'm always curious by that stuff. That's the thing that was confusing me, too, is that, like, how many people will be allowed, like, on this ride? Like, you know, you'll be able to go inside the Falcon, but, God, that's going to be a lot of fucking people inside the Falcon. Like, you know, if I were go to go inside the Falcon, like, I'd want it to be, like, a one-on-one, like, one-on-one -on -one date, man. Me and the Falcon, just chilling, you know? Like, and I just imagined how dirty, like, things would get because people touch everything, you know? Like, it would probably be one of those rides where, please leave your drinks and food out fucking side. Don't be stupid but I don't know like uh, I just I can't believe that this is going to be a reality in like just like a short like year just about like you know they're talking about how like they were going extensive about like what Batu is like what this planet was like they were like well like it's been here for a lot of years uh, it used to be an outer rim training port but they, it's now, like, a great destination where people go to, like, escape. You know, it's where bounty hunters go and shit. And yeah. they're talking about how, like, you know, you'll be walking through. Then you'll be hearing, like, droids having conversations, like, while you're there. So it's like you're in Star Wars. So it's like you hear a droid being like, oh, like, uh, I don't know. Insert droid conversation here. <laughs> but what do droids even talk about? The weather? Oil baths? <laughs> Whenever I think of oil baths now, I think of that episode of the Clone Wars when, like, R2... Was that R2 that went to yeah. a really nice oil bath? Good times. Oh, yeah. Um, while we're at uh, Disneyland, I checked Twitter, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was, Hey, solo tickets are on sale. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, like, I had... Because I had... I had had an inkling that it was probably going to be midnight because they hadn't announced an actual time. So I decided, like, okay, well, I'm just going to stay up until midnight. Because it was, you know, midnight on the East Coast. And I actually, like, had zero problem getting my tickets. Yay! Yeah, because I... So I wanted to go see it at the Draft House, which is the Alamo Theater here. Mm -hmm. And... So I had both Fang Fandango and the Alamo, like, both pulled up because, like, last year when Fandango, like, went early, that meant, I, like, I had to get it through Fandango because, like, they went, like, they, half an hour or so before they were supposed to put them up, and I didn't want it to sell out, so I was waiting for that to happen again. But this year, like, so I pulled, because I, like, I'm on the rewards program at the Alamo, so if I buy tickets through them, I get free shit. <laughs> So I wanted oh, yeah. to buy it through them. 
So it came up on Fandango first. So I got a seat and then I was, because, you know, Fandango has those little, like, you have seven minutes to complete this transaction. So I'm just watching that countdown as I reload the draft house site. And then they popped up on there. So I just bought them through there and let my Fandango one go. But I'm going to this 6 p.m., whatever they're calling the, like, fan screening or where you get, like, free buttons or something. Oh, shit. I mean, not, not free, because you pay, like, t- twice as much for the goddamn ticket, but. <laughs> That's cool, though. Yeah, because one of the things, like, yeah. Like, I saw the price, and then I'm like, okay, 30 bucks is a lot, because it'd be, like, 16 for a regular seat. But at this point, I'm like, well, I don't know how it's the other one's selling, and I have a really good seat, so I just bought it. That's good. I'm really glad that you had a good ticket buying experience. In general, it seemed to be smoother. I mean, maybe that I was going to say maybe it's that they weren't selling as much, but I mean, it's sold really well. It's the number one of 2018 beating Infinity War and Black Panther. Did it it beat Infinity Wars? Oh, yeah. Wow. Holy shit. I know, right? Like, I remember even having a problem getting tickets for Infinity War. My brother did because my brother got tickets and, like, our theater was already, like, packed as hell. Like, we were lucky to get the seats that we got for Infinity War. But maybe Fandango is, like, stepping it up. Good job, Fandango. But, um, yeah, uh, my ticket buying went smooth. I'm seeing it with a bunch of uh, friends. So uh, one of them just kind of like was like, hey, um, tickets will probably go on sale today. Let's just all cram our money together. And then one of us like buy a bunch of tickets and that's what happened. And it worked out beautifully. So that's good. Yeah. I'm really excited. I was really worried because it's like I want to see I want to see the movie with uh, Rusty, my brother, then like my boyfriend and then just like all my other friends. And like I'm able to do that. And I didn't have to stress or anything. So I'm really happy. I'm really excited for that whole week because holy shit, birthday week. And I'm doing a lot. I'm going to be like the most social I've ever been in my whole life that whole week. (laughs) I'm excited. 10 out of 10 would recommend. But um, yeah, I'm glad. Shit, everything's going well. Good May the 4th. Good Solo. Good times at Disney. Um feel like something else happened oh yes forces of destiny we got uh one two three four five six new episodes that sounds about right oh i forgot to watch the one chopper and friends did you watch all of them yes how'd you like them it was fine i thought some of them were better than others but um Overall, I thought they were okay. Hmm. There's lots of Ewoks. I liked that. I know. I'm sad because I'm reading the description for one of them. And I'm like, damn it, I missed more Ewoks. I don't like the Ewok sounds, though. They sound a little bit gremlin-y, I gotta say. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like I'm watching, like, Labyrinth again. And I'm watching those little creatures. Yeah. Or, um, those weird-looking bird things in, um... The Skeksis? Yeah. Yeah. 
But I don't know. I thought that we would kind of like go over the episodes, like just like naming them and like going over the info and then just sharing what we thought. That's good with yeah. you. All right. So um, I went just by like the order on the Wikipedia page. Uh, Chopper and friends. Uh, Hera is surprised to discover that Chopper has crewed the ghost with two Ewoks who prove their metal and help take down some stray tides over Endor. Yeah, it was really cute. Um, basically, we see them on the planet chilling with a couple of Ewoks, and then they get this alert on the fighters. And Hera's on the like ghost, and then Chopper like comes in, like talking about how he has help, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" And then Ewoks, because they're you know really good at battle, and here is like, yeah, yeah, ground battle, but then they get into the little like. Um, what do you call them? The little fighter cockpit things. Yeah. And they, and you see lots of adorable footage because they're really too small to be inside of them. <laughs> and uh, I mean, mostly through pure luck, managed to take out a TIE fighter. And then that TIE fighter like runs into another TIE fighter and they both explode. I love Ewoks. I love how... They are just so, like, just the accidental. But, like, I love how they're still, like, little warriors, like, with their little spears and stuff. I uh, was watching Rusty play Battlefront the other night with uh, the Ewok hunt. And that's scary. <laughs> yeah, I've been hearing people liking it to, like, uh, like horror. Because you're getting, like, hunted by Ewoks. It's so scary. Like, it's like you're in the dark. And then all of a sudden, just something just starts stabbing you, and then you die, then it's an Ewok. It's fucking scary. It's a scary way to go. Like, damn, those little cute little Ewoks sure know how to. And you hear, like, the Ewok, like, the, like, battle horn or whatever? Yeah, they just... Because it's like, you could be an Ewok, too, and then you have the choice to either, like, have a spear or rocks in your hands or, like, do the little horn. That's cool. I know. I haven't played Battlefront in a long ass time. We need to get that. Get playing that sometime. But. Excuse my own. But, um. The second episode was Monster Misunderstanding. Queen Abadella helps solve the mystery of why a Sando Aqua monster is attacking the docks of Naboo when she interrupts poachers attempting to steal the creature's baby. Yeah. It was cute. I mean, I saw. I like the little baby thing. I know it was cute. Like, I saw, like, the big giant creature just, like, hitting the... Hitting the door, and I'm like, it's babies in there. Like, I called it. And then, like, <laughs> you go inside, and the baby's in a cage. And I'm like, called it. But um, I like how this was kind of like a, a prequel. Because, like, they still... Like, they uh, addressed Padme as Queen Amadella or Your Majesty. So, like, she was still queen. Yeah. I really liked that. I like that we could possibly be getting like episodes from like uh, after the Phantom Menace or during the Phantom Menace or something. Like, isn't that cool to think about? Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> so I like seeing little things like that. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's not like, as, I don't know. I mean, it's not my favorite era, but I like them doing new stuff. I know. Like, as I was saying that, I was like, oh, yeah, Emily's favorite era. But no, but still, like. 
these episodes are like really cute. Like I I really am loving this animation style and just like how they're getting like the actual uh, voice actors and like actors from like the Star Wars movies to be doing that. I think that's fantastic. But but Emily. Oh wait, yes. no, not, not <laughs> oh. the, the the next episode is where um where shit happens. But uh, next episode, art history. Sabine and Tristan are on a cover covered mission to free Mandalore, but they risk everything to destroy Imperial outpost that has defaced a, symbol- a symbolic statue of Tar Vizsla. Yeah. I mean, like Sabine, like, I know she's really popular, but to me personally, because I don't watch Rebels, she like means nothing to me. So I'm just like, oh, okay, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt the same way. Like, I saw that someone on Twitter was talking about, like, the importance of, like, um, you know, how Sabine is, like, really into art and, like, how, like, she was, you know, so visibly distraught that, you know, this symbolic statue was, like, being, like, defaced kind of in a way because, like, this imperial outpost was just, like, chilling on it and then, like, I don't know because that's Sabine is she's very art-centered so it was really cool, like, for a lot of people to see that, you know, Sabine going back to her old roots. Because I feel like we kind of lost that with Sabine, like, the end couple seasons. Because, like, the first season, like, you see her, like, doing her art and shit. And then you kind of see it less and less until Theron starts collecting everyone's shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, Sabine drew this. And it's like, cool, you're collecting her art. You're her biggest fan, Theron. But. <laughs> oh, um, kind of speaking of Theron, but going back to, um... So we did a poll the other day. <laughs> um, so here, let me let me find it. So uh, there's still uh, a couple days left. Well, it'll be definitely over by the time that everyone um, listens to this episode. But um, our is Thanos fuckable question? Fifty six percent yes, forty four percent no. Okay. But I feel like some people were confused because one person says, when you say fuckable, does that mean that we'd personally fuck him or is he fuckable in theory? Like, I voted as, like, you would, like, not that it, you if you would want to, but, like, you could see why people would want to fuck him or if it was maybe possible to fuck him. I mean, probably. I don't know. I mean, it's not it's not a highly scientific poll. I'll grant you that. But it is it is higher on the yes than I would have expected. Oh really? I don't know. Well, Josh Brolin is not a bad looking dude. Well, yeah, but I mean, Thanos doesn't look like Brolin. I mean, you can kind of see it in the face a little, maybe. I don't know, but yeah, I, I can see it. I personally wouldn't probably fuck him, but I could see like why people would want to. But <laughs> but anyways. Anyways, Emily. Oh, yes. The next episode is very important. It's one of the most important episodes of the season. Of the whole series. The episode is called Porgs. Exclamation mark. Beautiful. All right. Chewie is exasperated. 
when a pair of porgs tears blue wiring out of the Falcon. Further investigation with help from R2-D2 reveals that the porgs are looking for a hard-to-find blue moss for their nest. If only Chewie could get it for them. And he did. And there's little baby porgs. It's so important. It's so... It's everything. Just Chewie and the Porgs. Like, Chewie just creating this beautiful relationship with these four Porgs. Like, the two parent Porgs. And I like how, like, they're different colored. Like, you can tell the, the more vibrant colored one was the male. And the less vibrant colored one was, like, the female. And just, it was... It was, it was perfect. It was... You know, Chewbacca could have been angry that the Porgs, like, took the blue wiring. But, you know, he understood that... You know, that there that looked like something that was from a tree that they couldn't get because the wind was really going and the porgs little wings, like they they're not strong enough. So Chewbacca got his big Chewbacca body to go up go up and get the, the thing from the tree. The the little porgs were happy and everyone was happy and I was happy. And I like the porgs like not nuzzling him at the end. <laughs> Oh, I love porgs. I know. Um, on Friday, when they were releasing photos, or no, not Friday, Thursday, when they were really releasing photos of um, some, like, episodes, like, I saw the one with Chewie and the porgs, and then, like, I saw the little, it looks like they were eggs, but they were actually little porgs, and I was really happy. I'm like, yes, we're getting more porgs. You can never have enough porgs in Star Wars. <sighs> but... Um, next episode was, uh, Perlius Pursuit, a uh, dangerous snowspeeder chase across Starkiller Base. Ray and Finn work together to escape pursuing stormtroopers. Yeah. yeah, I like Ray. I like Ray and Finn. I love them together. Like, friends. Good old friends doing shit together. Saving the world. <laughs> um... I love when Ray's wearing Finn's jacket. It's cute, right? It's so cute. I just, I love that. Just warms my little heart. Like he's like, "Oh, you're cold." He's my jacket. But, ugh, I know she looks so cute in that jacket too. Just Ray's yeah. cute. I want Ray to I, wear more I just, jackets. I really like the way that animated Ray looks. Mm-hmm. She's just adorable, like Daisy Ridley. And I just love that her voice, too. Like, that just makes it even better. But uh, next episode, Traps and Tribulations. Um, Luke and Leia, with the aid of a lightsaber, helps uh, Kinesa and Wicket stop a rampaging Gorax by resetting the Ewok traps. I like this one. Yeah, this is really cute. I, I really like the animated Ewoks. Like, as much as, like, the sound isn't quite right, but the animation is super, super adorable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're attacked by, like, a big sort of, like, bat-faced Bigfoot-looking thing. I think it was fucking huge. Where was he during the Battle of Endor? That's a good question. <laughs> He could have, like, made it really easy on those Ewoks. You know what scene's really sad? Hmm. 
You know, you know, like when the um, ATST is like shooting around, and then there are those two Ewoks, and then both of them fall, and then one of them gets up and sees the other one, and then just kind of nudges him. Oh, it's the saddest. Isn't that just the? Oh worst? my god, it's heartbreaking. Like, I remember watching it as a kid, and my sister would be like, It's just sleeping gas! You'll wake up! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... I love Mark Hamill in these. Like, I love that he's in, um, given his voice to Forces of Destiny. Like, I know that Leia obviously, like, had a bigger part, or I don't know if she had a bigger part in this, but uh, I liked how she grabbed his lightsaber. And then he was like, uh, can I have that back? <laughs> I like Leia with a lightsaber. Oh, yeah, that was great. I love seeing her with that. That was a fun little... Because that's, like, it's not something I would have wanted to see, like, in a movie. But I, mm-hmm. I like it here. Yeah. Um, and then the the last one, um, A Disarming Lesson. Ahsoka gives Ezra a lesson in finding his inner strength and trusting the Force when she disarms him and pressures him to adapt to her attacks on the fly. Okay. I knew I would be very critical about this from the very beginning, so I'm going to give my my thoughts on this episode. Um, I love Ahsoka, first off. Like, I love seeing her. Like, I hope, I hope she's doing good in space, finding Ezra in the space whales. But... Okay, so the whole point of this episode was to have Ezra, like, learn a lesson. So she, like, disarms him. Like, she takes the lightsaber crystal out of the lightsaber, and then she throws it. And she then she's like, oh, hey, defend yourself. And literally, it's just him finding the fucking crystal and then being like, I found it. And then everyone just laughs. Yeah, it was as far as lessons go, um, pretty lame. This wasn't a lesson. This was just like Ezra was like, oh, yeah, I was stalling. And then they're like, haha, Ezra, you're so funny. Oh, you're the best Jedi. You're going to get lost with space whales one day in space. Ha 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 ha. Like, ugh. I mean, I liked, I, I love that we're getting um, Ezra in Forces of Destiny. Like, I think that's really cool. But <laughs> it's just me being an asshole and just be me being like, there's no fucking point. Like, I, um, there, there could have been other ways for Ahsoka to teach him, but, like, or he could have incorporated some ways of the Force to, like, help him instead of just, like, stalling to try to find his crystal because he was, you know, kind of talking about how he's nothing without the lightsaber or without the crystal. But, like, the whole point should have been that you could survive, but, like, he obviously couldn't because he found the crystal and he was like, Oh, I'm alive again. And then everyone's like, ha ha ha. But, eh. I like Ezra's animation style in um, Forces of Destiny, though. I like it almost better than um, the Rebels. Mm-hmm. But, um, overall, I'm always impressed with these episodes. Like, they're really cute and they make me happy. Yeah, and they're just, you know, they're just a little cute thing that I spend, like, what like 15 minutes total watching something like that so even even when they're bad it's like well that doesn't matter (laughs) 
Yeah, because it's like, you know, the only one that I was just kind of like, eh, was about was Ezra. But I, I thought that was cool that we got to see that. Like, I, I think it's kind of funny, just kind of like, just the unseriousness of it, like of just that character. But overall, like, I love getting to see like more of Leia and Luke and like, you know, more of like Ray and more of obviously uh, the beautiful, majestic Porgs. But yeah. Um, I was going to watch Westworld this week, but, um, finals and migraines have been killing me. So, <laughs> um, we're not, we won't do it next week because next week is we're reviewing, um, the monthly Mendo yeah, movie. Mississippi Grind. So the week after that, Mississippi Grind, I still need to watch yeah, that. Yeah, me too. And I'm really excited to. But, um, I'll do it on episode, uh, 42. And I'm excited to start that because I've been hearing a lot of great things about Westworld. And I wanted to give my full attention to it instead of watching it last night because I had to write a paper while I was at work yesterday. And then I had to study for an exam and I was like, I got home and I'm like, um, no. <laughs> but Yeah, and it is oh. sort of the show you have to, like, it's a show that you have to pay attention to. Yeah, like, I, I knew that. Well, Emily. Yes. You watched the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, I did. Um Let me pull that up so I can remember what the episodes were called. Oh, yeah, you got to the uh Umbara arc, didn't you? Yes. Did you watch all the episodes? Um No, cuz there's like 4 and I'm like that's too many. So I just watched the first two. So I watched Darkness of Umbara and The General. Uh, and these are ones where... So they're on... Like, Anakin is with his, like, clone legion or troop, whatever, on um, this planet Umbara. And then he gets orders to report back to the Chancellor. And C General Krell is going to take over for him. And... Uh, so you're with, like, Rex and a bunch of the other clone troopers because General Krell is, like, this real, like, hard-ass bastard who obviously just sees the clones as, like, numbers, cannon fodder. Yeah. And it's, like, a real huge dick to Rex. And, yeah, it's basically them sort of, like, dealing with him and finding ways to at least mostly obey his orders without getting a whole bunch of their people killed. Um, so he spent a lot of time with the clones, which I liked. But this is these are really, really battle-heavy episodes, I found. Like, probably, it felt at least, like, at least half of the stuff happening on screen was just, like, like laser fire. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much of it in these episodes. Which gets a little, like... I don't know. I feel like it gets a little bit boring after after a while. Like, there's only so much of that I can watch. Yeah. Um, I'm convinced that Krell is going to turn out to be bad. Okay. But that's about it. I still have, like, two more with him, so. 
I remember uh, when these episodes were live, that's when I started, like, uh, binging Clone Wars. Because I remember watching these, like, on my couch, like, as they were on um, TV in, like, 2012 or 13, I believe. Actually, no. I think it was 2011. Here, let me... It's not an episode if Brittany's like, oh, here, let me look this up. <laughs> episode um 2011 yeah i totally remember watching these because um we're gonna get to oh wow so you're um you're almost halfway done with the season yeah chugging along Okay, so uh, 3.25 million viewers. Um, so they would show these on like Saturday mornings. So it would be like your Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, okay. Because I, I remember waking up at like 10 and be like, oh, Clone Wars. But yeah, um, this was a really dark, a really dark arc. Really dark, dark, dark arc. No, it definitely is. Like, you see a lot of clones dying and stuff. How do you feel about the clones still? I mean, sort of like I always do. I, I do feel like this episode, these were maybe doing, like, a slightly better job. Like, because you have Crowell being such a dick to them. That it sort of, you know, and you you have, like, Rex being like, these aren't, these aren't, you know, just numbers, they're, they're men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, like, one of the first instances where we see someone uh, treating the clones um, poorly. Like, you know, we're, for the past couple seasons, you know, we've gotten used to these clones and, you know, that they're, even though that they're, they're clones like you know they each have their different personalities they give each other their own names and then you have this guy come in and just being like uh cttt5 or whatever um fives is named and it's like um no my name's fives he's like no you're just a number and like that's huge that we're getting that and just that deeper meaning to um the clones but into the show like i feel like you know Cartoon Network, even though like that's like a kids network, like they got really deep with some of these episodes. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like I still think they sort of hand wave over, like the fact that it's not just like them being treated badly. Their whole situation is so like utterly fucked up, and they haven't at least they haven't yet really addressed that. Like their whole existence is a problem. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do like that they're, you know, they really are, like, focused on, no, these are people. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm excited for you to finish the two episodes of this arc, because I feel like that's, I believe, when or things just start getting better. Because, like, I feel like the longer arcs, it's kind of harder to, like, get in, like... Not get into it, but, like, the the drama finally starts happening, like, in the middle. Because, like, the first couple ones are, like, okay, like, gonna get the ball rolling. And then the ball's, like, down the hill already. And you're, like, oh, gotta catch up. 
But, um, yeah. Wow, we're... Um, we don't have a top three for this week, but we do have a, a fuck, Mary kill. Uh, we got one from Dom. Yes, we did. Um, do you want me to read it? Sure. All right. Uh, Dom says, well, you straight up called me out. I didn't have anything in mind beforehand, but now I'm feeling some pressure to perform. <laughs> what to do, what to do, what to do. Something totally unexpected? Prequels, sequels, originals? Nah, too easy and not anywhere titillating. All creature edition? Banthas, dewbacks, and porgs? Hmm, I think bringing bestiality into the show would finally be a Dom going too far. <laughs> Good yeah. call. Good call. Okay, I'm gonna give it, a, I'm gonna give comedy a rest and go for a real fuck, Mary kill question. Palpatine's apprentices, fuck, Mary kill. Darth Maul, Darth Tyrannus, Darth Vader post Mustafar. I believe the rule is to have an answer as well. Right? Okay, then. So Dom gives an answer. Thank God. That's what you guys need to do is tell us who you want to fuck, marry, and kill. Mostly fuck. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, okay, then. Uh, Darth Maul would be the most savage fuck of your life. Like, just raw, primal, animal fucking. If you're stressing out and need some Sith dick, he's your guy. <laughs> Darth Ironis is mega wealthy. His taste for finer things. I heard that finger things, but finer things, and he's pretty old when we meet him. So you got a good chance of inheriting his vast fortune in a short amount of time. Pro tip, don't sign the prenup. Which leaves us to our major victim, Darth Vader. It's partially, pro it's partially process of elimination, but not completely. No one's going to bone the guy in the helmet if his dick even survived Mustafar. Marriage? Nah. How could you be around that walking <laughs> crap machine 24-7? Plus, the married life didn't exactly work out for him the first time around. But kill? Yes. Not just because the other two rolled out, but also for being a whimsy asshole. Treacherous churncoat motherfucker. Bye! Canto bitch number one. Well, how about you, Brittany? Fuck Maul, Mary Tyronis, Kill Vader. Um, I believe, um, God, that, that'd be like, ah, uh, savage fuck of your life. Like, I don't think I'm prepared for that. Like, Darth Maul, <laughs> shit. That would, like, I'd have to be on bed rest for like a fucking week. <laughs> like, Damn, think about how, like, you know, we were talking a couple weeks back about um, Asajj Ventress and how freaky she would get. Like, dude, Maul is, like, another fucking planet. Like, he... Yeah. Like, that's so much anger. Like, Maul has so much anger in him from the beginning anyways, and you'll see in the Clone... Or you'll see in episodes of the Clone Wars. Like, he's just an angry dude. And that's how he gets all the anger out. By fucking. Um, and then Darth Tyrannus, um, yeah, marry him. He'd be a. I, I feel like his intentions were, you know, he kind of believed in the whole separatist thing and like the whole, like, okay, yeah, like me and Palps are gonna rule the galaxy kind of shit. Like he was never like an asshole, you know? Yeah. Like, I think marrying him would be fine. I mean, like, we both really wouldn't bother each other. Plus, he'd wear those cool space pajamas. But, um, uh, Vader, yeah. No dick. 
You gotta kill him. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm the same. Um, I think, you know, just hanging out with Christopher Lee in his pajamas. Like, yeah, again, like Dom says, you know, he has a taste of the finer things in life. He'd probably have, like, really good meals. Mm Mm-hmm. Got a nice, like, place to stay. He's probably, I mean, he's intelligent. You could probably have a pretty good conversation with him. I mean, minus the whole, like, tyrannical, like, genocidal maniac thing. Oh, yeah. Like, if you avoided, if you avoided those topics of conversation, I think you'd be okay. Definitely. I mean, you're definitely, yeah, well, um, yeah, could be, it could be a little intense, but he's very acrobatic. Mm-hmm. And, frankly... Peter Serafinowicz has a really sexy voice. Yes. I agree. And, I mean, honestly, even even pre-Mustafar, I would be I would be killing Anakin, so I have no problem with killing him as Vader. That's fair. That is fair. Yeah! Um, I liked this. I liked... Darth Tyrannus. I feel like we don't ever hear Dar- or Count Dooku being referred to as Darth Tyrannus. When did, like, where does that name come from? Because I, I honestly only know it through fandom. Like, did we ever hear it during the series? Yeah, we did. Okay. Because, um... Here, let me look it up. I believe we heard it in Attack of the Clones a couple times, because, um... They were referring to, um, who are they referring to? They were referring to, um, on Camino, I believe, um, like they were serving like Darth Tyrannus or something or like, um, oh, like Darth Tyrannus. And he's like, who the fuck is that? And then, um, here, let me look that up. Okay. I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. So, um, yeah, I'm already going to pass that. Yeah, this just means we have to watch Attack of the Clones again and review it, just so we remember. Because a lot, a lot of shit happens in Attack of the Clones. Like, even though it's, like, filled with, like, romance and, like, Detective Obi-Wan and shit, like, there's a lot that's going on with, like, the, um, the creation of the of the Empire. Like, we get to see, like, that he has the blueprint of the Death Star. I mean, I remember about nothing from that movie, so... Do you remember seeing it in the theater? I remember seeing it... Like, well, no, I don't actually remember seeing it. I know that I saw it. Mm. I have, like, vague recollections of a couple of scenes, but I don't have any, like, memories of how I felt watching. Like, I remember watching... Phantom Menace, and I remember watching Revenge of the Sith, but I don't remember watching Clone Wars. I mean, mm. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to think of like when I watched like the other Star Wars for the first time. Like, I don't remember the first time that I watched Attack of the Clones. Like, I obviously remember the first time I watched like Revenge of the Sith because that was the first Star Wars movie I saw in the theaters. 
But like, and I remember the first time I watched The Phantom Menace because I have that vivid memory of um, and Shumi and Anakin were saying goodbye. But yeah, Attack of the Clones is that blur for some reason. <laughs> I wonder why. It has one of the best soundtracks out of all the films. Yeah, the soundtrack is good. I love uh, the Across the Stars theme. That's like one of the best. Oh, um, that's beautiful. Isn't it? Like, oh my God. <sighs> but uh, thank you, Dom, for the fuck, Mary kill. Appreciate you. I'll see you on um, the 26th. Um, yeah, guys, if you are in the L.A. area on May 26th, uh, go to Steel Wars. Go to the show at Scum and Villainy Cantina. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of people there. Steel, um, Haas from Blue Harvest, The Brez, Kyle Newman. Um, I forgot who else here. Let me look it up so that I correctly say everyone's names because it, those shows are so fun. Like, Emily went to one in New York. I go to the ones in L.A. It's perfect. Like, one for you, one for me. Okay. Um, Kyle Newman, Maude Garrett. Okay, I knew about Maude. Uh, Anthony Bresnikan, Jennifer Landa, Haas Burkhart, and uh, Steel Saunders. You might know him. That's a good lineup. You might know Steel Saunders from Steel Wars. Possibly. But it's on the May 26th at 3.30 p.m. Memorial Day weekend. But fuck, man. Memorial Day weekend. Damn. That's going to be fun. It's so funny because, like, my birthday always falls on Memorial Day weekend. So it's, like, always so difficult for me to get, like, time off. And, like, magically, like, I was able to for, like, for this weekend. So I was, like, thank you, everyone. Oh, that's great. I know. Like, I had to switch tips with people. Be like, hey, I have this event. I need to go to. And, like, my coworkers kind of think it's, like, a joke. Well, some of them. I don't, I don't really talk about, like, my the podcast with like the people that I work with like I think like one person like I think I mentioned once I'm like yeah I do a Star Wars podcast and she was like you're funny and I'm like okay thanks <laughs> okay <laughs> but um yeah my, my parents uh and my, my sister was in town recently and um she decided to have my parents listen to uh some episodes of our podcast and of course um they listened to the the two most recent episodes Oh dear. Um, uh, my sister still gives me shit about a uh, sexy turtleneck. Um, they exist, Brandy. They exist. Um, yeah, she says that we need new writers, but um, <laughs> no. I I I I tell my parents, I'm like, you you don't want to listen to this, and like now they know why, because we talk. I mean, it's yeah, it's their own fault, really. Their own fault, like. It's your fault. Like, it's not mine. Like, and they're like, it's supposed to be a Star Wars podcast. I'm like, it could be a the What Are the Fuck It Once podcast. This doesn't have to be just Star Wars. Plus, like, we're going to, like, go through, like, no news for a while. So, that's going to be a fun summer of, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hope they announce the next standalone soon. That'll be crazy. What do you think it would be? Oh god, I have no idea. I mean, Obi-Wan wouldn't surprise me. They're gonna do it. Yeah, it's just a matter of when. But, oh! Oh my god, no celebration announcement on the 4th. 
What the fuck? 20, May 25th. They're going to do it on my birthday. They're going to be like, Brittany, it's your birthday. Here's a present. And I'm going to be like, thanks, Star Wars. And that's when they're going to announce it. I mean, I just want to know. I, I, um... I saw that they, um, on their Instagram, they said that they were going to announce it pretty soon. Because okay. someone was like, when are we getting a celebration announcement? And then, like, the account was like, soon or something. Or, um, it was on Twitter. I don't know. I just remember seeing that. But, um, yeah. Because I woke up on Friday morning expecting to have my Twitter be going crazy. But it wasn't. So, I was like, shit. I guess this is going to be a normal May the 4th, except I was just in bed all day because walking around Disneyland in boots for, like... God, like, a good Disney day, you get, like, eight or nine miles. That's crazy. I know. So, and I wore my, my boots, so my legs were... My, my calves were like, Brittany, don't move all day. Rest. We went on Autopia. I saw you did. Yeah. We'll be doing that soon. No. <laughs> Emily, it's the experience. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing is, I don't believe that it will be a good experience. Why? Because it looks boring as shit. So, you just have to be with good company. Emily, I'll be your good company. I'll drive for you. Okay, so you but get if I'm whole- just in... If I just have to be in good company, I can be in good company doing things that are more fun than sitting yeah, in a car. At, but you're at Disneyland. You're okay. in a Disneyland car. But then why don't I? Why don't I like go on a ride that looks like fun? You have because you'll be, you'll go on all the rides at that point. We'll go on like that Finding Nemo submarine ride. We'll go on the Matterhorn. We'll go on Space Mountain. Hopefully by the time they'll turn it back to Hyperspace Mountain, then we'll go take pictures with Darth Vader and Chewbacca, and then we'll go to Thunder Mountain, maybe Splash Mountain, all of the mountains, and then the Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the ride where Mr. Toad goes to hell, and then there's Dumbo, and then there's the Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, but there's a Snow White ride in the Magic Kingdom where it's like you're on a mine train, and that's really fun. Oh, man, Emily. You're going to have the perfect Disney guide if ever you decide to go to Disneyland one day. But if you don't, that's okay. I'll just tell you all about it (laughs) so that you can prep your mind for... But do you ever see yourself going to, like, Disney World or, like, Disneyland? Like, not anytime soon, but, like, ever in your future? I mean, it's not, like, something I'm particularly dying to do. Like, I went to Disney World once when I was, like, eight or nine with my grandparents. Mm. But, eh, like, I for me, like, if I'm going to an amusement park, like, I'd rather do, like, Cedar Point or Six Flags or something with, like, really good roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Because those are the rides I like. I mean, Galaxy's Edge certainly changes that equation. But also, it's just going to be a nightmare of people. Yeah, I get anxious thinking about how many people are going to be, like, there. And be... Because it's going to be half the people are like, oh, this is new, we have to do this. And then half the people are like, oh my god, it's Star Wars, it's my life. 
but I don't know. Like, uh, and then it's hard because like there, it's not really going to be any rides. Like there's going to be just like two big rides and that's it, you know? Nothing yeah. that special. Yeah. And then it's just like wandering around like the shops and stuff. That'll be cute. But Star Wars Which March is yeah. expensive. Yeah. I imagine it'll like look really good. Like I imagine they'll do a good job with like the, the shop fronts and everything. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun to see, you know, people walking around in, in creature costumes. Yeah. Um, do you want to get to the next email? Sure. Let me pull it up. Is this the Ewok one? Yep. All right. This is from our buddy Jim. Hi, Jim. Thank you for writing in. Hi. This is Ewok question. How many pounds of human meat do you think the average Ewok eats in a lifetime? I mean, there's not that many humans running around, so it has to be pretty rare. Plus, humans wouldn't have that much meat on them, and if you're sharing with the whole village, you're probably only getting an ounce or two. After thinking about it for a while, I decided it has to be under a pound, probably 10 to 11 ounces in their lifetime. Also, I don't want to hear that bullshit that they don't eat humans. They absolutely do. I mean, they save the entire galaxy, they should be able to eat what they want. They get no judgment from me. Thanks for the great pod, your listener, Jim. I mean, okay, yeah, Ewoks definitely eat people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question, yeah, I guess really the question is how many people they actually come into contact with. A lot. Because think about it. Like, um, they probably, like, destroyed their ships and turned it into, like, uh, stuff for their for their homes. And, um, you know, maybe that's why, like, people don't go to Endor. Because, like, they don't come back. Yeah, maybe, like, maybe... They haven't seen humans for a while, but every once in a while, like, somebody will be like, hey, let's check out this moon, and then they get eaten. I think they eat more meat, though, because, like, humans, like, I don't know, like, they, I I feel like, I don't know, do, are, do, are they bone eaters, too? I don't think they eat the bones, I think they use them. Mm. Because you definitely see some, like, decorations and jewelry and stuff that's bone. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they're eating other types of meat. I know. I mean, there's other, like, there's other creatures on, on Endor, whether they are, whether they are eating other sentient creatures or not, I'm not sure. But I imagine if they're eating humans, they probably wouldn't have minded eating out, eating, um, other, like, talking sentient creatures, but, um, like, now we saw that big old thing in this episode of Force of Destiny, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Ewoks aren't, like, at least near the top of the food chain. Mm -hmm. They probably eat, people probably eat Ewoks too, or, like, um, Chewbacca probably would have. Do you think Chewbacca eats people? I don't think so. Like, I don't think he'd necessarily have, like, a problem with it. Hmm. Like, if he were starving, he would eat people. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what people, or, like, not creatures, like, what 
species in Star Wars, like, actually eat people, too. Because, like, Ewoks... But I think that they, like, consume more pounds of food in their lifetime. Because humans are pretty Oh, we will. Well, yeah, but, again, like, it depends, like, how many people they're seeing. Like, if you're only getting, like, a couple of people a year... Yeah. And we don't we don't quite know how extensive the Ewok population is. That's true. Cause this like this like when we see the the Ewok village, like I always just sort of thought that's like one Ewok village, and there's probably more of them like scattered around that moon. That's probably where all the rest of those Ewoks came from that helped defeat the Empire. Hmm. And I would imagine they're smarter. Like I I I you know we saw that they were gonna like roast them on a spit and everything but that seems to me more like a celebratory thing yeah like that's a special occasion um so maybe they make like jerky and stuff so that to make it last because there would have been a lot of um of dead stormtroopers around dude that's true they probably have food for a long time yeah, and so they would have had to have some means of preserving it, because otherwise it would spoil. So I imagine, like, jerky. Like, trooper jerky. Dude, yeah, that's a good point. Like, uh, how many stormtroopers do you think that they... Uh, God, maybe they have, like, Ewok freezers, and they just freeze them. Like how you freeze bread. Do you... Or how you freeze meat. It's funny that I think of... Or that my first thought was bread we were talking about meat <laughs> i don't know i haven't eaten today i should probably do that probably um let's see so we got an email from willis uh titles it soap Oi. i think i might have heard someone else suggest this but how would you feel about an origin movie called snokes on a plane Featuring Samuel L. Jackson and several clones of the Supreme, Supreme Leader. It begins with Mace Windu being served a foil packaged space meal. I've got a fat, I got a bad feeling about this, he says. 20 minutes later, he's on the space lavatory. He looks down and sees several Snokes are climbing up through the toilet. Here we go again, Mace Windu says, winking at the camera. The rest writes itself, obviously. Willis. P.S. The driver of the space plane is young Han Solo. 3PO is the flight attendant. The inevitable is there a doctor aboard scene features that jerk who's friends with walrus man. <laughs> well, else he should be a, a, a screenwriter. That's a... Sounds like a beautiful story. I never saw Snakes I saw it with my dad. It's not very good. How do people come up with this? Well, you know, that was one of those ones that became popular because it was so ridiculously bad. But for mm. me, like, it was too self-aware. Like, I think, like, mm-hmm. for a bad movie to become so bad that it's good, it needs to not be trying to do that. Yeah. But no, I saw that in theaters. Hmm. There was like, a, you know, it's not very good. But there's lots of people getting eaten by snakes. That's fucking scary. No, it was too ridiculous to be scary. Like, it's scary in concept, but not when you see it on snakes on a plane. 
That's probably true. Are you afraid of snakes? I don't like snakes. Um, I, I'm not like, they're not like one of my number one, like things that I'm scared of, but I definitely don't like them, Mm. especially the really big ones. Yeah. Fuck those. How about you? I never had a problem with snakes. Like we kept our distance from each other. So I'm like, okay, it just is fucking spiders. I can't, I can't do spiders. No, I'm not, I'm not. I don't like spiders. I'm okay with little bitty spiders. Like, if they're small enough that I can easily squish them, then it's fine. But you see those, like, fucking spiders that live in Australia and shit? No. I, like, I would I would have a heart attack. I, I... Like, those things are huge. Like, those aren't spiders. Those are, like, creatures that Satan sent down... <laughs> Like, those were so fucking scary. No, not, I can't. Is that? My mom is terrified of snakes. Oh, like, really? she can't even, like, she can't even, like, see them on TV. She'll get up and leave the room. Did she have, like, a bad experience with snakes as a kid or something? Or she just doesn't I like no them? no idea. She just doesn't like them. And it's because fu- she, she gardens a lot. Like, she's really avid. Like, she has, like, an, like n- not, like, just flowers, but also, like, a really active vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, of course, like, she's occasionally going to come across snakes. I mean, not, like, anything big and not anything poisonous. We live in Indiana, so it's just little garter snakes. But she, like, it freaks her out. And then she's like, I'm not going back in the garden. Funny. Gardening. Where does she garden? Um, lots of tomatoes. Hmm. And... Like broccoli and squash and cucumbers and green beans. I used to help her when I was little. Oh. And I had my own little garden bed that was completely carrots because carrots are like the only vegetable I liked when I was little. (laughs) (laughs) So a little carrot garden. That's awesome. My dad went through this phase after where he, after he retired, where he wanted to like uh, start a garden. So like he did that. Like he grew then uh, corn, pumpkins, um, tomatoes, strawberries. But we had like a bad squirrel problem. Uh, okay. So that wasn't ever fun. And plus he like kind of gave up. So now it's just like uh, trees. Like we, he like, I remember we used to have these like giant ass zucchinis. And they would always just like show up. Like I get home and they'd, they'd just be like six giant zucchinis on my counter. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what does this mean? But no, that's awesome. But um, thanks Willis for the email. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to everybody who emails in. Uh, if you want to email us either questions or comments or top three topics or fuck, Mary kill, that's cantobitepod at gmail.com. And you can also send us audio files and we'll play those. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Well, damn. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's a shorter show today. We didn't have a lot of news. And there's just not much happening right now. Yeah. Happy 40th episode. 
yeah. We're we're getting close to a year. That's crazy. I know. It still feels like yesterday when um we decided to do this when you were like I was like, I am thinking of starting a podcast. <laughs> and then you're like do it with me. <laughs> no, not do it with me, but I forgot exactly like how that went. I should, I wish I would have taken a picture of that conversation. I should have. Oh, but it's been some of the best 40 weeks of my life. Oh, but I can't wait till episode 50 when Emily does the uh, fan fiction. Uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see. I'm working on it. Do you have any like uh, any stars? Do you need any like um, help? Like I, I can create scenarios for you. Uh, <laughs> I just I gotta I gotta figure it out, but we'll see. All right. I can't wait. Um, and yeah, so n- next week we'll be talking about Mississippi Grind. So, you know, watch that if you want to talk about it with us. Some good Ben Mendelsohn action. Yes. Um, Mendo. You see the uh, Robin Hood trailer? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, who does he play? Uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, shockingly enough, he plays a bad guy. He's gonna die, too, like in every movie. Mm. Poor yeah. Mendo. Like, uh, poor Mendo. Um, where can you find you on social media? Uh, you can find the podcast at Canto Bite Pod. You can find me um, at EFLind. That's at E-F-L-I-N-D. How about you? You can find me on Twitter as Canto Brit and on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. <laughs> but yeah, thanks guys for listening. Thanks for Thank you. being here for 40 episodes. Appreciate ya. Bye! Bye.